You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. The Apostle Paul's on a fall a farewell tour. And on this tour, he so, showed us this morning, verse number 32, I commend you to, the, uh, to uh, the Word of God, of His grace, which is able to build you up and to give you inheritance among them which are sanctified. This morning was the power of the Word of God. This book right here will keep us from sin. Our sin will keep us from this book, D.L. Moody said. Tonight, a subject that I was very apprehensive when I was a young boy, came here 46 years ago. I could not preach about it. I was afraid to preach about it. I hate to tell you that. I hesitate to say that because it's so difficult for me to preach. Yet I discovered two things. One, that God speaks more about this subject than heaven and hell combined. The subject before us, he speaks more about this than heaven and hell combined. Secondly, a preacher said, Brother Treber, you're young. Tell me about your ministry. I said, it's growing, it's going. Buses are, it's exciting. Soul winning, salvations every week, baptism. It's just an amazing thing. How are you doing with the offering? I said, we're making it. And I must confess to you, it was just for years, and still is, but it was just, it was, it was hand to mouth. I saw a check stub that somehow got the file. My, my mother didn't have it, but it got that file when she passed away. I found this file, and somehow I must have put it in there, but a check stub when I came here. And I saw our income together. Full-time, my wife was working here. We had, we had no insurance. We had uh, no expense account. We had nothing. We had, we, my wife would make, we'd work, she'd work about 50, 60 hours. She made $25 a week here. And I made, together we made $8,000 that year, $8,650. Our rent was $450. And other than that, we gave literally everything back to God. And we were living hand to mouth. I recall on Sunday nights, the men, I never touched the money, having all these years, I don't know how they do the money, but I do know this, that the men would count the money. We had a little blonde piano. Uh, and, and they took the lid of that, and they laid the money there Sunday night after church. And sometimes they'd say, we had a good offering today, $167. Or $211. I don't know if those were the exact numbers, but about those numbers. And I think of what it takes to run this entire ministry nowadays. But that was such faith to believe God. I, I, I led the church into a building project. We raised a lot of money. And then we decided on having a, a mortgage of $305 a month. And Dwight Thomas and I met him on Monday morning. We, he from Santa, uh, uh, Redwood City. I'd meet him in Mountain View at a Denny's there for breakfast. And he said, now, Treve, what's going on? I said, I, I, we voted last night uh, to, to, build, to get this building project, and it's going to cost me $305 a month. And he said, how in the world are you going to afford that? You have got to be kidding. Are you nuts? 
Do you have that kind of money? I said, no, we don't. $305 a month. And I thought, I don't know how we're going to do it. You know, God's always done it. A preacher said to me, he said, now, so how's it going with? I said, well, it's just really tight. And he said, you preach a lot about money? He said, no, 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 I, 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 don't, I don't preach about money. I didn't want to be one of those money-grabbing preachers. He said, Brother Trevor, you're wrong. Tithing and investing in the Lord's work is not something you do to your people. It's something you do for your people. You need to preach on money all the time. Dr. Clearwaters wrote a book on his sermonettes. He's been home with the Lord probably 60 years. But he would take at, at uh, Fourth Baptist Church in Minneapolis five minutes before every offering and teach about stewardship. And those, those sermonettes, he would talk about the importance of letting God control your money. You see, I think sometimes we think that it's our money. My message tonight is me and money. Not me and my money, me and money. Because God says in Deuteronomy, it is God that giveth thee to, to make wealth. God is the one that allows us to say, no, no, I got a job, I work hard. No, God gave you the brain to work hard. God gave you the health to work hard. You are one heartbeat away. One of our church members just died, former church members, I guess today or yesterday, much younger than I and he moved away, and he's a good man, godly man. He still comes on our property, does things for us. His funeral will be this week. You're a, you're a heartbeat. You're a, one beat away from dying. One of our members years ago, a very brilliant lady in the medicine field, and, med and, and all of a sudden she got spinal meningitis. And I remember going into her room to see her, and I had to wash all up and put all, everything on, the gown on, the hat on, the mask on, the shoes on, everything gowned up. And, and she couldn't speak, and I'd go to see her, and, and within days when I began to, she was more coherent, she said, you know, I realize that my brain could have been burned up in just any moment. My twin sister, we moved to California in 1953. She, she got spinal meningitis right up here in, in, in San Carlos. And everything had to be retaught to her. She no longer knew how to walk. She no, 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 no longer how to feed herself. Mother and dad had to take those next few years and retrain her. She may be watching right now in Florida. She's a brilliant lady, smart. I worked to get good C pluses in school. She, she did not work that hard and got A pluses, just very brilliant. I want you to know that I discovered life is not that I'm in control. God is in control. One of the ingredients that has made this for now almost 47 years next month a great church, it has always been a giving church. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. We've had so much wonderful success in so many areas of life. This right here, this is not gonna pay the debt retirement off. You know what this is doing? It's teaching children to put a penny in an offering plate. Getting a habit to, to, they're part of this thing. When I was a boy, not far from here, our church was building a, 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 a building, a, 
a fellowship hall and some classrooms, and, and they had tile squares. I don't know if they were 10 by 10 or whatever, but the Octavio, but whatever they were, I remember those tile squares, and they either were a dime a piece or a quarter. And I remember every Sunday we would be challenged to come and bring our dime or a quarter, whatever it was. And we'd bring that week after week after week. That church is not far from here, still standing. I like to sort of go back and see, oh my goodness, this was 1960, if they've ever remodeled it. I'd like to see if that tile is still under that carpet or wherever there's there, because we paid for that. Just a dime a week or a quarter a week. It is so much a joy. My wife and I have always been tithers. We have tithe records from together uh, uh, since 1972 when we got married. Prior to that, when I was a teenager, I have tithe records, I believe, from age 13 that I know of forward where I tithe. And I have it all written down uh, through the years, the investment that we gave to the Lord's work. I, 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 I can tell you this. We're not rich, but we've been, beat, we've been invested in every program of this church. You name the program, whether it's Gideon's 300 since 1977. Our worldwide missions every week. Our the vision fund every week. Our the mortgage fund every week. Our student scholarship, our president's club for the last 25 years. Can you give next month on the 25th anniversary of the church and we asked people, we didn't have 25000 but we got it out of our house and got $25,000 on a second because we wanted to be part of it on the 30th year. We're not doing that again, by the way. But on the 30th year, we got $30,000. I didn't have $30,000, but why? I want to invest in God's work. It's a joy to give to God. And Paul is now on his final journey, and he said, I want to remind you about money. You get wrong with money, you'll get wrong with God. Get wrong with money, you'll get wrong in your marriage. Money is not the ultimate, it's a vehicle that God places in our care and we are stewards. I'd like you to turn with me, if you will, to Matthew chapter number six. Now I'll try to be quick, but I do want you to see some scripture tonight. In Matthew number six, the Bible says in verse 19, would you underscore, lay not up for yourselves treasure upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through or steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be. You put your treasure in this, you'll be here. You put your treasure in this, that's where you'll spend your time. I've traveled for so many years on Mondays and Tuesdays by plane. Turn with me, if you will, to Ecclesiastes, page 699 in the Schofield Bible. I, I, I traveled so much on Mondays and Tuesdays, but I never knew how to read Wall Street Journal. And I was never impressed with it because I've never had a dime in Wall Street. I hope it goes forward, but I want you to know this. My investment is not in Wall Street, and I'm not against you having stocks and bonds, and, and all. I'm not saying you can't have that, but friend, everything down here is going to burn. 
I saw a 1968 Datsun yesterday and in the afternoon. I was with my wife. We ran an errand and, and I saw that 68. I said, remember that? Uh, no, it wasn't a 68. It was younger than that. I thought, oh, yeah. Anyway, I said, remember that when it got here? It had that little two-door stick shift, no air conditioning. Drove that little thing around. Datsun is now what? Toyota? Or I don't know what. No, it's not. What is Datsun? Nissan. And, and I, I, I remember we drove that little thing. And we drove, it was orange with the black top, you know. My goodness, looked like Halloween, I guess. <laughs> but you know where that Datsun is today? It's been melted down and probably cycled through several cars by now. Everything, you ever, you ever feel like, <laughs> and please, I do not need a suit. I'm not asking you for a suit. But in the last month, my wife said, honey, don't wear that suit again. Man, it's, it's threadbare. I said, I know it is. I, I said, it's old. And she said, so after church Sunday morning, I took it off, changed, and threw it right in the garbage can. He said, why don't you give it to Goodwill? There wasn't, there wasn't enough material left. I wore a suit last week, and I looked at it. I, I was preaching. I felt, I feel like a slob up here today. You ever feel that way? You ever look like, and we've got enough clothes, all of us. But they, um, I look at, I've got so many ties, and I give them away all the time. I look at those ties. I don't have any ties. I probably have 100 ties. Who knows how many ties? I don't know how many ties I got. But if you ever feel that way? I wore that suit last Sunday, and I said, honey, look at this thing. She said, you can't wear that again. It went to the garbage can. Everything that we have in life is going to decay. Everything. That car you driving that you think it's a classic, it's a piece of junk. Because it says F-O-R-D on it. Nobody in their right mind would drive a Ford. You certainly can't be a Christian and drive a Ford. Is that right? GM. God made. Maybe not. Ecclesiastes 5. It's a difficult book to find right after Proverbs. Verse 10. He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver. Or he that abundant, loveth abundance with increase. It's vanity. When goods are increased, watch what happens. When you get more, people want what you have. When goods are increased, they are increased that eat them. More people want what you have. The sleep of a laboring man is sweet. We live in a non-laboring society. My parents' generation, they're a little bit before this, but 1928 to 1945, my parents' generation, they were 23, I think they were born. My parents were called the silent generation. I'm the baby boomer generation. The silent generation was that generation, they just did their job. They went Rosie the Riveter to the factory during World War II. They, they, they went to World War II and stayed two, three, four, five years overseas and just did their task. They came home and went to factories. They came home and worked. They went to the farms. They didn't get up and say, you know what? It's five o'clock in the morning. I've got to milk these chickens. Just seeing if you're listening. 
But you have cows, you milk them at five in the morning because 12 hours later, every single day, 365 days out of the year, you've got to milk them again. Twice a day. That's why church services in America used to be at 7.30 on Sunday night. Because you milk in the morning and you milk at night. You get ready, you go to church. I, I want you to know that, that my parents' generation was a working generation. And really, the baby boomers were workers. Now we, we have, beyond the millennials and the, the disease, now, now we've got, and I'm not, look, I know you work. I know you computer people work. You'll, you'll probably be on the phone at 11 o'clock tonight. You deal with Singapore and China and, and Japan. It's already tomorrow. And Hong Kong, you deal with, with the Philippines. I know, I have 16 hours ahead. I know you, you work and you work in the morning. I understand that. But the work in America used to be with your hands. Now it's with your head. And I'm not saying it doesn't wear you out because you must be exhausted by the end of the day. God bless you. But our children that are coming up now, born in 2010, they'll have no idea what a farm is like. So when we move over to the farm, well, government's paying you not to farm. Jobs, and, and, and people, people get jobs in this younger generation and, and they don't, I have to get out of bed. I wish I wouldn't have to start at 10 in the morning. You gotta be kidding me. That's off the subject. Um, verse number is the sleep of a laboring man is sweet, sweet. You get home from work and say, Man, I'm tired. Supposed to be tired. Look at verse 19. Every man whom God hath given riches and wealth hath he given power to eat thereof, take his portion, and rejoice in his labor. This is the gift of God. God gifted David with his business. It's a gift from God that he gave you that talent and ability. You all have different types of jobs. I'm not saying that one is more important than the other. But whatever your job is, it's from God. Turn with me and I'll get to my message. Turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 6, please. Perhaps you can read it with me. 1 Timothy 6, you that are listening to your church, members across the nation, around the world, your pastor always is asking for money for something. Thank God you have a pastor with a vision that you want, want to see something done and reach this generation. 1 Timothy 6, ladies, would you read verse number 6, please? 1 Timothy 6, 6. Ready, ladies, begin. But godliness... Men, verse 7, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Ladies, verse 8. Let me read verse 9, and I'll stop midway. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and snare, many hurtful lust. You know, God, stay right there, please. God says, I, I'm... I want to be rich. They that will be rich. The entire thing is, I'm going to have money. It's a trap. We'll see it in our text. Money can be a trap. Money is to be used not for ourselves. 
and to amass to ourselves. There's no happiness when you gain more silver and more silver and more gold and more gold and more apparel and more apparel. That's what Achan thought silver and gold and, uh, and, and apparel was going to bring him joy and it brought him death and sorrow. That's what Lot thought. He would go there to that city and prosper, but he lost his wife and his family because of foolishness. Solomon thought, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, there's prohibitions for the king. A king cannot amass silver and gold. A king cannot have more than one wife, uh, uh, multiple wives. And a king, a king can, can, cannot have horses and massive amount of horses coming out of Egypt. But what did Solomon do? Deuteronomy chapter 10 and 1 Kings chapter 17, he went and got horses and got them out of, out of, uh, out of Egypt and he had thousands of horses and he had a thousand wives. I guess that would be a lot of wives. And he had a lot of silver and gold that the side works were like pebbles of silver. But he lost his son over it. The Bible says in verse 10, for the love of money, not money, but the love of it is the root of all evil which some have coveted after, have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things. Let's go back to our text. Our text said, I have coveted no man's silver, gold, or apparel. Paul says, one, I want you to guard greed. Guard greed. He said, I've coveted, I, 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 coveted is desiring more. I, I want to live in luxury. I want to have the biggest. I want to have the best. I want to have prestige. I want brand names. I want the best. If God blesses you with things, praise the Lord, but don't live for the best. Live, God says, not desiring silver or gold or peril. Guard greed. Secondly, you'll have to let me explain this. Verse 34, good grief. Guard greed. Secondly, good grief. Grief is the word sorrow. It's the word pain. But there is such a thing as good sorrow. Good pain. Would you look at good grief with me? Verse 34. Yea, yourselves know that these hands have ministered to my necessity. I was preaching in a distant state a week or two ago. One of the pastors I met, their assistant pastor I mentioned to you a week or two ago, he had pastored for years in North Dakota. He's younger than I, but he's a gray-headed man, very dignified man, full crop of hair. You could just tell he's a, sort of like when Brother Fanera prayed tonight. I heard it a man of God. And I've known of this man for years. And, and yet in North Dakota, he had a small church where for many years they really could not pay him. So he said, I'm a mechanic. So I served as a mechanic in our area and I worked on diesel engines and for trucks. And then he said, I moved here to be the assistant pastor. And pastor said, yes, but tell him the rest of the story. And he said, I'm loving it. Well, the rest of the story is the church can't afford him to pay the assistant pastor. Great church. Many of the students have come out of that church to come to this college. But the church can't afford an assistant pastor. And so he said, I work at the Ford dealership. I'm a mechanic. 
And you'd never know it looking at him. He looks so, so dignified. That silver hair, he, 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 his suits just hang just perfectly, but he's a servant. And with heartfelt, we sat in a car for a few moments. He picked me up and we sat there. The other preachers walked in and we were talking about 1950 models cars. And I got asking him then about serving God like he serves. He said, Brother Treber, I, I, I love it. I ask him questions like, you know, you feel like you're sacrificing. I don't know exactly how they were asked. Like, he goes, brother, this is the thrill of my life. I get to work in this church with these people, with this pastor. And if I can provide an income with these hands, so be it. I think it's very foolish for a pastor to work a secular side job to get money and have side businesses. God says they that will be rich fall into snares. Uh, I know preachers through the years who become very wealthy. I think that'll destroy you because it's not this one thing I do. Our mind, if we're a minister of the gospel, must be on the things of God. But I admire all the preachers that are listening right now. They're in small rural areas, or small areas. Our church is located in a very financially depressed area. And that pastor tomorrow morning will get up early and go drive a truck or go work on a truck or go work in the fields. And there are preachers that do that to this day. They'll be in the, in the summer months harvesting and working hard with their hands to provide so they can be a minister to those people. That's what you call, that's what you call good grief, good pain. Paul said, I did not, I did not put a pressure on this church. I know a preacher. And he pastored a church, a large church, larger than ours, for 50 years. And the church for the 50th anniversary, and please, I do not want this. I do not, I would not drive it. But they gave him a black Mercedes. And this preacher is well known. He's with the Lord now. He's very well known. He was a writer. He had books. And, and he, he, he did very well financially. And he, yeah, I know he invested in the Lord's work. And he didn't do it. You'd have to know the man. He was a holy man of God. And he said, the church has given me this. Now I have all this income that God has blessed me with these books. And tonight I give you back all 50 years of my salary. Somehow I've asked the Lord, I said, wouldn't that be great if I could do that? I've cost this church money. Everything my wife and I have in life is from you. If you didn't pay us the shoes that I wear, the clothes that I wear, the bed I'll sleep in tonight, everything we have is because of you. You've been so good to us. I've talked, I said, Lord, how, how, what can I do to just pay them all back? I don't have that kind of money, but I thought about selling some things. God's people are the best. I've never had a desire to make money. I've never had a desire to have a side business. 
I've never had a desire for anything like that. I, I look at this text, Paul's going to leave them. It says, guard greed, and then good grief, labor, work hard. And then here's the closing one, generous giving. I've showed you all things, how that laboring you ought to, one, support the weak. And remember the words of our Lord Jesus. I don't know where these words are found. We don't find them anywhere, but apparently he taught them. It is more blessed to give than to receive. If I had time, I'd take you to 2 Corinthians chapter number 9, that church at Macedonia, how that in their great poverty, they were a church that had a turndown on the economy, and in their great poverty, they gave of themselves and they gave out of their poverty for the abundance of the work of the ministry at Corinth. They abounded in that grace, the Word of God said. Christmas is wonderful, and it ought to be Christmas every day. Christmas is wonderful because I love buying presents. I love finding people we can give to. And my wife and I have learned together that we love to give. And by the way, maybe we've learned it from you. Because this church is a giving church. We have 150 missionaries around the globe tonight that we're supporting because of your gifts. We just built those 400 churches in the Philippines together and paid a pastor's salary for 400 pastors for an entire year in the Philippines. Now we're in Mexico starting that project. Everything we have here doesn't turn to gold. Everything we have costs us money. The college, we lose hundreds of thousands of dollars annually where do we get the, to make that up from you? The Christian school loses hundreds of thousands. So what do we do? And by the way, nobody here makes less than those faculty members, our school teachers. We graduate high school seniors that go out and get jobs and make more than their faculty and staff. It's an amazing thing. A young man here about 20 some years of age, he told me last week the job he got and I heard what he made, and God's been good to me. He's given me a good salary, but I'll never have a salary like that and the benefits he has, and he's just a kid. Don't, don't, don't tell me, and I'm not saying it's wrong. God bless him. Every, our bus ministry, we run those 30 buses. We lose money on the buses. So we just put a million and a half dollars in buying buses. We don't, you think we get money out of the 1.5 million kids that have ridden our buses? You think we're making money on that? You think we're making money on publications? You think we're making money on, on this or that, whatever it may? You know what it all is? It's investment in the work of God. You think we're making money on taking 100,000 Bibles this year to this area and leaving a Bible and giving a Bible to every home in this region again? You think we make any money going to public schools and preaching or into the jails to preach? You think we make any money off the radio? You think that? Then think again, ladies and gentlemen, everything we do loses money. But it doesn't lose money because we're not laying up treasure down here. We're laying up treasure up there. Imagine, Brother Martinez, when we get to the Philippines and those 400 pastors come with their church members and the people that have been raptured out or died in that ministry and say, 
Oh, Brother Treber, I want to meet the members of North Valley Baptist Church. They gave, and a preacher came, and I got saved, and my family got saved, and I was an alcoholic. I was a drunk, a drunk or a drug addict. I was this. I abused my wife. I was mean. I was ornery. But God saved me. Look what happened because your people gave. It's more blessed to give. Christmas isn't wonderful. We don't get to be with our grandkids like we used to be. They're all scattered, but 14 of them. When they were little, I tell you what, it was the biggest thing, having grandkids. It was such a blessing. And we'd go shop. My wife would shop. I'd shop. And we would shop. It's the best. I said, you think we're overspending? No, no, no. Let's get some more. You know how it goes. And then we'll watch them. We carefully wrapped those presents. And 13 seconds, they had them all destroyed. They were all opened up. All 14 of those grandkids just opened up everywhere, paper. And three minutes later, they were broken. <laughs> that's why I wait to December the 24th. You see, but all that's left in the store is broken junk, but it's half off. <laughs> they won't know they broke it. It's more blessed to give. Isn't it amazing, Brother Cooper, that the man's dying, going to die? He said, I want to talk to you about money. I don't know if this is a true statement. Let's stand together, please. I don't know if this is it, but I think my favorite subject is money. I love preaching about money. For all that God did, it all gives. For God so loved the world, he gave. Everything God created gives. He created the sun, it gives. The moon, it gives. The stars, they give. The air, it gives. The trees, they give. The waters, they give. The oceans, they give. The streams, they give. The snow, it gives. Everything that God created gives. Mankind, don't hoard it. Oh, no, please. I don't need a raise. I don't, we don't need more. In fact, the truth is, for the last, we've never been hoarders. You can open up any closet in our house or sheds, you name it, they're all organized. But we get rid of everything. I don't want to leave a mess to my kids and grandkids. But I want to leave a lot up there. Lay up and up for yourselves treasure on earth. Father, I love these people. And I pray that they might enjoy investing. Right now, there are church members that are watching with churches around America. They're trying to build a building, trying to pay off a building, trying to buy some buses or send some missionaries. I pray those members would be very generous and begin to say, Pastor, I can stop by the office tomorrow and I can give X amount of dollars to help. And Lord, it's, it's true Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. We, we reap all the time, all of us. We, we reap so many good things through generous giving. Help us to find people this week we can give toward. I pray that, Lord, if someone's in the grocery line and they run a little short on money, perhaps we could be the one to give that last few dollars to help them. Help us to help people this week. Help us to be kind to people this week. Perhaps there's a widow or widower. We could do something for them this week. 
perhaps as an elderly parent. Perhaps we've neglected them. May we understand the joy of giving. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.